0: Hey everyone, it's Daniel Ilwood and Robert Johnson, The Last Nighters, and The Last Nighters is part of the Launchpad Media, where they're always launching new ideas in your direction. Check it out at thelaunchpadmedia.com. This is going to be episode 67 of the show. You can find the show notes more at lastnighters.com slash 67. We are going to be talking about Dodgeball tonight, the Vince Vaughn Middots classic, where they go balls deep into a, uh, I don't know, kind of an interesting uh, sort of story, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about with our guest who actually suggested this movie. He is Tyler. Tyler, welcome to the show, and uh, maybe give us a 30-second elevator pitch on who you are, where you're from, uh, anything else you want us to know, and how did you find our show, by the way?
1: Oh, uh, uh, Hi, I'm Tyler, and uh, yeah, I work out here in the middle of nowhere in an oil rig and listen to a lot of podcasts, and I typed in anarchist podcast in <laughs> the... <laughs> Into the podcast app, I was bored, and I started listening, and I liked the concept. Uh, when I was in college, they would have us critique things through uh, like social lenses. Thought nobody's ever done this through anarchism, and that's why I'm here.
0: Wow, that's cool. So, so the name change that we did a few years back uh, must have helped because we are, were originally called the Reed Roth podcast. Then we rebranded to Actual Anarchy Podcast, and then we launched The Last Nighters. So yeah. So now uh, we're sort of found in like you know a bunch of different keywords, I think.
1: Yeah, fact, I mean, because I'm not—I would never really define myself a capitalist on that level. I mean, I think you—you you picked up a broad spectrum that way.
0: All right, yeah, yeah, and that's another thing that uh, I wanted to ask you about because during our our uh, chats, you and I, uh, you mentioned that you might have had some uh, anarcho-communist leanings in the past, and and that you're a little bit different now.
1: Uh yeah. When I was in high school, I thought I was, being, you know, edgy by leaning left, and then realized, um, no, that's that's probably what was expected of me. Um, And then kind of got more interaction with the left, I guess, as these past few years have kind of linked themselves out and realized that probably isn't the model I want to go for. And so now I'm just kind of dead center socially just in the middle, but, you know, economically sway between.
0: All right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, hopefully we can uh, push you our direction a little bit. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see during this. Voluntarily. Yes, voluntarily. We we use argumentation. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, uh, Robert, any comments? Uh, so far before we get into the Google description on Dodgeball. Now let's move on to this thing. All right, sounds good. So Dodgeball, 2004, a true underdog story. Uh, One hour, 32 minutes, 6.7 on the IMDb, 70% Rotten Tomatoes and 55% on Metacritic. However, 90% of Google users like it. The description is Average Joe's Gym and its owner, Peter LaFleur, played by Vince Vaughn, are both down on their luck. A fancy competing gym called Globo Gym, run by the maniacal or maniacal, as uh, a person I know from the past would say. It was kind of a funny way of saying it. Uh, a maniacal health nut, White Goodman, played by Ben Stiller, is about to put Average Joes out of business unless Peter can raise $50,000 to keep his mortgage. To save the gym, Peter and a ragtag group of Average Joes members and employees enter a dodgeball contest with a big cash prize. In response, White forms his own global gym team to rout the competition. Came out on June 18, 2004, directors Ross and Marshall Thurber box office of 167.7 million dollars so I think it did fairly well don't know what the budget was but I can't imagine they spent nearly that much money making this thing uh, Robert your thoughts so far then we'll go to Tyler
2: oh it's a it's a fun little movie uh, I, I had fond memories of it and it aged about as well as I thought I mean it doesn't have any special like stuff other than its kind of style of humor which I think is they don't really do anymore but other than that it's a perfectly enjoyable little comedy I don't know
0: yeah, I, I, while watching it, thought this was a movie they could not make with that type of humor anymore without getting the outrage mob all riled up. Right. Yeah, this is definitely something pre-Twitter. Yeah, the Twitterati would not stand for this, this misogynist, patriarchal, uh, bat-shaming slash uh,
1: ableist type of movie, I think. Right.
0: Uh, Tyler, your thoughts so far?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, Kind of picked an average, but that's because that's what they play out here on the DirectV. So, um, you know, but uh, yeah, and it was weird that it's not not super dated like others. You know, pre two thousand eight. Um, but uh, you know, I think it kind of fits the theme with what you're talking societal things. But it's still funny today if you're sitting around.
2: Yeah, and I do enjoy the um the lines that have transcended the movie that people just use in their daily life. I I was listening to the radio today and I heard that it's a bold strategy, Cotton. I <laughs> You know, it's, it's just something that has transcended the film. It's, it's, it's cool. And I've always enjoyed that. Nobody makes me bleed my own bloodline. I, it's just a fantastic line that I've always enjoyed. So there's a lot of good stuff in this. I don't know who, who, who wrote this one, Daniel? Uh, I had the director's it, name of, uh, let's see here. Just a
1: regular guy. Like, uh, just, he's not like a big name.
0: Yeah. Ross and Marshall Thurber said screenplay by, by
2: him as well.
1: Mm. So yeah,
2: not someone I'd, I've uh, heard of since. All right. Well, where do you want to take this one? I'm sure there's some issues we want to talk about here. Yeah, Tyler.
0: Uh, so, what what was the impetus for this recommendation? You you said that you you saw some some themes in here that were worthy of discussion, and uh, what are they? And then we'll we'll dig into that.
1: Yeah. Well, um. I mean, my main my main thought was kind of just the absence of the state throughout the film, and there really is a sense two conflicting corporations or businesses. They said it's a publicly traded, and then you've got you know it's kind of a private owned gym. Um, they have conflict, it's financial, and uh, third-party arbitration comes in, right? It's no dodgeball tournament open kind of thing. You know, everything resolves itself, you know, for the quote-unquote good guys in the end. So, you know, I just thought that was a pleasant way of it all working out as opposed to what is it most people think, Mad Max as the the anarchist model.
2: Yeah, this is two people settling their differences in a peaceful, voluntary way, which I do absolutely appreciate. Although I have to worry about the future of what the Globo gym corporation now that Vince Vaughn is running it because he's he's clearly a terrible businessman. Whereas even though Ben Stiller is a shitty guy, clearly he knows what he's doing in
1: terms of running a business. Yeah, I was going to say that that's almost kind of the hero, his his you know, character arc is that he has to overcome his laziness to find him himself to, uh, to run a successful, even though it's his friends helping him the entire way. He wants to quit.
2: Right, he wants to quit the entire movie. He wants nothing to do with this. He's <laughs> like, nah,
1: pack it in. I don't care. Shut it down.
2: Shut it all down. Everybody else is like, oh, come on, guy. We can do this. He's like, no, no. So, yeah, they're just dragging him, kicking and screaming the whole movie.
1: Yeah. It could have been an inheritance. You know, it could have been his Vince gym. You know, how some people assume that people who have have business, that they're successful, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, it, it was weird that, yeah, Vince Vaughn never really seemed to want to be there, which is just a weird thing. If you're a small business owner, generally you are interested in the business. But yeah, like you said, maybe it was a, an inheritance or who knows how he came about. Yeah,
0: you know, they don't get into the history with Vince Vaughn in this movie as far as how he gets the gym, just that he runs it rather poorly and doesn't even collect any uh, membership fees for like 13 months or something like that, according to the, to the banker lady. Uh, but with Global Gym, White Goodman, um, he, is, uh, he inherited the money and, and he does this whole, I pulled myself up by the bootstraps and inherited money from my father and opened this gym and made it the most successful <laughs> gym out there. And I I couldn't help but think that uh, he is a caricature of the kind of greedy capitalist, like how how he's written in the movie and his name, you know, White Goodman. But he's like this narcissistic, greedy, rude asshole who is spouting off um, things like, oh, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, work really hard. uh, I wrestle the bull by the horns, that kind of a thing. But then he he lets slip that no he inherited his money so it really seems like it's uh it's not meant to like cast a, a capitalist type person in a positive light here.
2: No, yeah, you're right. It's the capitalist Goodman versus the Vince Vaughn character, who is I don't even know how you characterize him, but definitely I mean he's not like looking to use the state in any way, so I wouldn't necessarily call him like a socialist of any kind. But it definitely I... doesn't, yeah, cast. I mean, he's, he's definitely painted as the good guy, as if, like, yeah, you can come to my gym. Don't worry about your fees. You know, we'll work something out. You can pay me when you, you when you get the money, Mr. Pirate Guy. You know, it's all good. Wherein, you know, that would still happen under, you know... I mean, he's obviously still a capitalist. He's just, you know, a really laid-back guy that doesn't really care to see his business succeed. Or pay his mortgage, apparently. Now, I had to say that the conflict in the movie is a little bit manufactured, right? I mean, I don't see oh, the the desire for Goodman to buy average Joe's other than to remove it as an eyesore, like and to improve the property value of his own business. Cause I know he wants to build like a, a parking lot, but they don't establish that, you know, he's running out of parking lot room, but whatever it's still, it's, it's okay.
1: He's definitely yeah. the caricature of a, your typical.
2: Yeah. I did enjoy
0: his opening, uh, infomercial where he says, I'm what like Goodman Gubnev- of global gym and fatness and ugliness are genetic disorders much like baldness and necrophilia um, among other things but you know he was saying like l- pretty much everything that you could think of that was super offensive back in 2004 but you could still say and now you could not say even though i just said them. so unless
2: you're anikets because they do say we're better than you and we know it <laughs> oh
0: yeah 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 he does say that yeah and uh oh you know it is almost uh tax day here in the united states and there is one mention of that when vince von first uh gets back into the gym he talks to the the super nerdy guy at the at the front desk and he says how's my little tax shelter doing
2: what yeah wait what you guys don't you didn't hear this no i don't remember this at all as soon as he
0: walks in to his gym he says hi to the to the guy who ends up liking the uh eastern european girl from vince vaughn yeah yeah vince vaughn says how's my little tax
2: shelter doing okay so insinuating that it's not supposed to be a successful business and he's just using it to throw launder money through well, not necessarily. I mean, small business
0: in general is uh, seen often, I think, in the parlance of the times as a way of mitigating the amount of taxes that you pay because you can write a lot of stuff off.
1: Correct. Yes, you can. Maybe it's a front because I do know some small business that uh, don't really care if it succeeds on paper.
0: Right. Well, I, you know, I actually have this working theory that there are far more small businesses uh, built solely for the purpose of avoiding taxes than there otherwise would be. I mean, I think without regulations and without taxes, there would be far more businesses, and there'd be far more prosperity and people would not need licenses and permits to do things. So there'd be a lot more flourishing and, and a better standard of living for everyone in, in, in just in general terms. But because of the tax structure that we have and the regulations that we have, that because there are some ways of uh, navigating the various loopholes and things like that 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 are available to people. That there are businesses like you just said that are pretty much just entities on paper to qualify people for for those uh, tax avoidance, you know, those legal tax avoidance kind of situations.
1: Yeah, I have proof of that.
0: right, and not that they're going concerns or that they're even like attempting to provide value for others and grow the business per se. They're just using it as a way to shield uh, some of their income from other sources from being expropriated from them
1: yeah well i mean making money it's kind of a game it's almost like an arms race where one person comes up with one thing and we will come up with new when you put new rules in to find any way you
2: can get away from contributing money to the mass murderers known as the government i'm all for bless your hearts
0: yeah i mean for the most part uh i think only 20 percent of the money that they take in uh that is intended for a specific like program you know to help the poor or build the roads or whatever, only about 20% of that money actually makes it to that end use and 70 to 80% of it is eaten up uh, with waste and uh, graft and corruption. So, you know, it's a good good little
2: system we got going here. It's a good little system. So, Daniel, uh, what did you think of um, White Goodman when he tells one of his employees to add three pounds to the scales in the women's locker room?
0: (laughs) I I think that was a, a fraudulent thing. That is a dishonest thing. And he's doing that to... It, it's sort of, uh, what do they call it, tipping the scales, where you, or you put your thumb on the scale uh, so you can charge more for something. Literally, Yeah, yeah. He so he's trying to give them uh, a reason to keep going to the gym, keep their membership there because they can't lose that last three pounds or whatever.
2: Yes. He
1: definitely cheats a lot in this. Uh,
2: yeah, he seems to have no deference for any kind of fair play. Like he uses his connections with the
1: Dodgeball League in order to get into the tournament even his team players i mean he you know he like uh brought in a dodgeball champion checkleseer or something
2: yeah they're all ringers yeah,
0: yeah laser and blazer and Dr. watson <laughs> and yeah. and michelle uh, michelle oh, michelle Michel is like his personal manservant um uh, maybe i'm not supposed to say that i don't know but i mean he literally was right he was doing white's uh, snap of a finger every bidding yeah he was he was quite good he was he was uh he was on top of it like even when even when white went to um what was the girl's name? Christine Taylor, her character. Kate. He, Kate. He went to her house to woo her wearing his like white leather suit. And, yeah. I, you know, this would probably be problematic today with how he was aggressively pursuing her and she was telling him to leave. And and then Vince Vaughn shows up and was like, the lady asked you to leave her, you know, her property. So I, I felt that was like a really good example of, you know, property rights at play there. But uh, when White was leaving, he snapped his fingers and Michelle pulls up immediately on his little scooter
1: yeah doesn't doesn't step in when he gets hit too because he knows that's not his place but at the snap
0: oh yeah that's a good point yeah yeah so uh robert yeah buddy you mentioned some of the quotes and some of the things that that have lived on why don't we go through some of them uh because i have a feeling that a lot of the quotes live on more so um than the movie will like to bold strategy cotton or even some of the gifts like the chuck norris thumbs up and a few other of the cameos are, I think, prevalent when you when you do your,
2: um, you know, your giffing on the old Facebook and the Twitter. OK, so by far for me, the funniest cameo was Lance Armstrong. In hindsight, definitely. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: he's so serious. You know, he's like, well, I didn't give
0: up when I had testicular brain and lung cancer all at the same time. I went <laughs> I fought through that
2: and I won the Tour de France five times in a row. But yeah, go ahead. You're definitely not going to, yeah, uh, regret this decision. <laughs> it's just great. You're really needling it in. Yeah, and then what was it, like two years
0: later, uh, it's revealed that he's been juicing? Yeah, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, now, do you th- this, this could be an interesting line of discussion here because, like, all these anti-doping things, you know, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Lance Armstrong, uh, several others like PEDs and all this stuff. I mean, sure, the rules should be up to the league or whoever. But, like, with the baseball one, didn't uh, Congress get involved and famously brought Roger Clemens and Rafael Palmeiro into uh, questioning and and they were, like, denying it up and down? Um, But what business is it of theirs? I mean, if I want to start a league and I'm like, hey, this is the Juice Baseball League, and you're going to see guys jack home runs like (laughs) crazy, uh, much more exciting than Major League Baseball, those, you know (laughs) – (laughs) those teetotalers over there those noodle
2: armed little pansies
0: right i mean like if if i
2: create that league like what's the problem with that i mean but but who who has the right to come in and stop you from doing that right especially if it's a totally voluntary thing like these guys
0: are voluntarily choosing to do this so that they can have peak performance levels that is gonna provide a better product out for the viewers you know it's gonna draw more entertainment value and more revenue than the alternative, because there's give me a lot more excitement. Right.
2: And people complain that these people, you know, the the athletes don't understand that there could be long-term effects and they're damaging their bodies in the long run. And I completely disagree. I think every athlete understands that they are trading current, you know, their their long-term health for current fame and fortune and success. Um, it was like Richard Sherman when he was playing football for the Seattle Seahawks. He's like, I couldn't tell you how many times I felt dizzy and saw stars on the field playing in the games. And I know that's brain damage. I got back up and played. Yeah, that's just from being hit. But I mean, you're, you're basically equating that they know
0: they're taking certain risks and juicing would be another one of those risks that would have an
2: you know, additional layer of potential consequences. Yeah. And there's, um, I mean, there is precedent for this. There are plenty of places and you could say that, you know, Russia... China, whatever they, you know, they kind of made a sport out of it in the Olympics. By the way, for like the Russians, especially, they've long been known as like big dopers. But everybody dopes. Everybody dopes. And but um, specifically in MMA, there's an organization called Pride in Japan. It doesn't exist anymore. But while it did exist, they were almost encouraging every one of their fighters to juice because it made for a more exciting match. It made for a more impressive poster you know, more impressive promo materials when the guy's walking out looking totally jacked and you got another jacked guy on the other side, they're going to totally duke it out. It's just a more impressive thing and it draws more eyeballs. And who are you to say that they can't do that? Yeah, now I I do think that they probably are not only introducing additional
0: risk, but also, you know, earlier death. Like how many famous wrestlers have died at a relatively young age? And you know, they're
2: almost all of them. (laughs) Almost all.
1: Yeah, WWF. I mean, they're TV wrestlers, but... Yeah.
0: But yeah, you know, you know they're they're juicing and uh I know Ultimate Warrior there was a big um, to do about him back in the, I think the late 80s early 90s. I mean, he was so ripped, so ridiculously like bulky and and uh cut. And then he got uh, suspended I think for I think steroids maybe and he came back maybe a year or two later and he was visibly a smaller guy, significantly smaller.
2: Yeah, it does. You shrink, for sure. And it's 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 quite obvious when you stop Exercise and working out all the time, and you stop the juice. Yeah, you just, you just, people aren't that big naturally. I mean, there are big people, but you don't look like a blown up beach ball just naturally. But you know, so what? They're obviously, I mean, I, have you seen the videos of these guys down in Brazil who are injecting, um, I think it's like mineral water or mineral oil of some kind straight into their muscles? They'll just inject um, it. To and up. so they look like some kind of mutant experiment gone wrong. Right. So because the, they're injecting it just needles by themselves and it's, you know, kind of dangerous. It can cause problems and issues and, you know, lead to anyway, but they are they're doing it themselves. So they're kind of like kind of like, yeah, I think I'll put some here and I'm gonna put a little bit there. And, you know, and they just, they just look like lopsided and weird. And they got these big
1: giant balloon arms, but then they got these little legs. <laughs> it's, it's it's always it, it's something to see. It's always, see. Just, in, it's always just in the biceps. That's what I was going to say when they put that saline in. Yeah, what's up with yeah. that?
2: You gotta look at, you gotta average it out, man. Otherwise, you're just gonna look like a cartoon.
0: Now, what is the point of this, though? Because they're not like any stronger. In fact, I, I would imagine they are weaker as a result of doing this.
2: Uh, well, they are also exercising, so they are generally getting stronger. But yeah, they're getting the results that you can't just get, you know, through a lot of effort and hard work and whatever. I mean, you would have to super be Mr. Major Bodybuilder guy. And plus, there's still a plateau in terms of your DNA. But with this in- straight injection. You can, yeah, look like some kind of superhero out of a comic book. But, man, you got to really know what you're doing. I don't know. Uh, the, the video I watched, all the doctors were going, this is a really bad idea. But anyway. Yeah. I don't I, know. I wonder Who where, am I to say they can't do it? And where did they get that idea?
0: Like from, from, the, uh, from the grocery store, you know, like the, the chicken that you buy the grocery store is all pumped up yeah. to have higher weight and charge more. Put their thumb on the scale. Ah, it's White Goodman. White Goodman's chicken. That's that's what it is. All right, we're tying this all back together. Nicely done, Daniel. All right, so let's talk about their very first match. Their qualifying match to get into this Las Vegas tournament. Which seems bizarre that you have one match and then you're in the finals or the, you know, the the uh, March Madness style like round of 24 or 32 or whatever it was. Take it's a small it sport. Vegas. It's a startup. Yeah, it's a startup. It's like the XFL that or whatever the the most recent new version of football was that the AAFL
2: that just crashed and died. Yeah, it lasted for like two weeks. It's only on the 8th ESPN channel, too. Yeah, it's on the Oat Show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I do love that. Um,
0: uh, but they uh they play these uh Girl Scouts. And it's kind of funny now because the Girl Scouts would want to be the Boy Scouts now or or something like that. Like like there's a joke there that they were maybe 10 years too early on in this movie that had they had Today's ideas they could have they could have really capitalized on, but one of the players on there. Well, we're blowing up. Sorry, somebody's calling. Okay, all right. So one of the girls on the, uh, on, the, uh, the girls cast, made, on the the team, the girls' cats is all juiced. Yeah, she's all jacked up <laughs> on the juice and beaver tranquilizers. Makes her arms like super hairy as well. But that's what uh, throws the match towards
2: the average Joe's guys, even though they get handily defeated. By these women, by these girls. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how realistic it was. It was played for decent laughs. I don't know.
1: Um, I mean, the Girl Scouts are a coordinated team. Average Joe's had no training, so maybe it's somewhat believable. Extent of it, it's team tactics. I don't know how much team tactics in the Girl Scouts.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that, but in the NFL, I mean, the least athletic team for the past like 15 years has consistently dominated through superior tactics and preparation, the New England Patriots. That team is by far probably not I mean, not that there's a huge gap athletically between any one team and another, but I'd probably put them at the bottom athletically in the entire NFL and yet they dominate and win the Super Bowl almost every year. Because you can't you can't out coach Bill Belichick. So yeah, you're gonna take a team, which is why, you know, back when the um the dream team came out for the US, like at first they dominated, but they're vulnerable. they were vulnerable, and they lost. So I don't know if the the original dream team lost, but in the since then, the dream team has lost here and there to you know just superior teams that just play, even if they're way less talented athletically.
0: yeah, that's a good point, yeah, and the ninety two team they dominated, but they they um were not only like far superior athletes, but I think that they actually did like practice together a little bit more, and then they took it for granted in the subsequent years. And they had individual talents, but there was like redundancy in the positions and there wasn't a cohesive style of play. And so teams that actually had division of labor, you know, like different um, players that would fit different roles different roles. Yeah. And, and they
2: worked as a cohesive
0: unit could exploit them and, and uh, ended up defeating them.
2: Yeah. And that's what these Girl Scouts do in this show.
1: I mean, it's not as obvious, but that's kind of what we're extrapolating what happened here. It's a matter of what you practice, because even they, you know, even though average Joes didn't practice, they had patches, of so Hula hand them? You know, that's how you know they're playing, they be played based on what they're practicing for, Oh, getting thrown, wrenches thrown.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about those wrenches. I mean, I think you get clocked with one wrench and, and you're, you're out if you're not dead, but you're out <laughs> for,
1: for a few weeks minimum.
2: Yeah. I think you're a little counterproductive throwing wrenches at your players there. You could definitely brain them pretty badly, but he does have the funniest line in the movie for me. I don't know if each you, you have a funny line that you want to share but I'll share my funniest line of the movie, which I don't think he could get away with today. But at one point in the tournament, Patches goes, it's like watching a couple of retards trying to fuck a doorknob (laughs) out there.
1: And that killed me. I was howling. Still great. Patches probably has the best lines. I mean, really, because the other one that I like, you got to hump it into submission.
0: (laughs) I did like how he was um, referring to Kate as a lesbian the whole time, or he'd call her a muff diver or whatever. And then after they win... Her girlfriend shows up and Vince Vaughn is like, oh, I'll But then she says, no, I'm bisexual. So perhaps this movie was actually ahead of its time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, fun. Isn't, isn't there more than just two, you know, now?
2: Yes, there are
1: 73. Yeah. So it's a little dated, but...
2: Oh, and I, I, in terms of that, I would like you all to know that the Seattle Aquarium has bathrooms that are for all genders. So they're prepped for the future. Whenever the next 500 genders get invented... They're like, bring it on. We got it going. We're ready for you. All genders on our bathrooms. So it doesn't say men and women or male and female. It says all genders. Well, there are some that still say male, female, but there are specific ones that say all, all genders. So maybe they are still bigoted with those male, female ones, you know, like your old racist grandma, but the other ones are, are, are all nice and progressive. They're
0: not quite inclusive enough.
2: Right.
1: They're One day we'll rights. all learn. One day we'll all learn. Progress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. All right. So this is um, this is another movie that Vince Vaughn was in that was a bit of a trendsetter in resurrecting something. Uh, Swingers, of course, he was in uh, this breakthrough movie and that heralded in swing dancing, a revival in swing dancing in the common culture, like swing dance clubs were opening back up. I remember this back when I was in college, like people would actually go and do swing dancing because of that movie. And after this movie, Dodgeball came out, there were even a Dodgeball League that opened up, at least in Seattle. And I participated in this for a while. Okay, tell us how it went. It did not go well because you know how they put the balls in the middle and they got the opposing teams and you race toward the balls Mm. in a collision path? Yeah. Well, I collided with some girl and knocked her out. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was the asshole. Well, yeah, you're kind of monster, right? But yeah, I was just trying to get the ball anyway. um, But yeah, so Vince Vaughn seems to be on the forefront of reviving somewhat dead uh, pastimes and hobbies.
2: And I think with uh, uh, Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine, he's reviving like prison (laughs) murder. Is that what he's doing? Street fighting. Yes, he's a street fighting man. Okay, I see where you're going with this. I see.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, wedding crashers. I think that people actually did. try to emulate that and actually start crashing weddings. Uh, old school, well, I guess if I went back to school at this age, yeah, I could relive that in, a little reach bit.
2: In, reach in here a little bit, buddy.
0: <laughs> anyway, Vince Vaughn, you know, he's a good guy. And let's talk about Vince Vaughn a little bit because he has uh, been outed a little bit or identified himself as a libertarian of sorts. Uh, I believe I sent you an article, Robert, that talked you did. about his, um, his credentials or... What's, what's, what's a better word to say this? Um, it, was, it was meant to, it was a bit of a hit piece article. So it was like laying out his, um,
2: his dirty details about him. Right, who, well, I believe it was what, like a, a, mail, a Globe, a Daily Mail. Was it a Daily Mail or? One of those British tabloidy type things. The yeah. British type thing, yeah. And so I don't think they're super lefty. They're not going to look upon anything he does as favorable. Although it was kind of a little bit balanced in that they showed a bunch of reaction shots to him at that one Oscar show. Yeah, Meryl Streep. This is like 2016, I think. And he's or... just giving her that dead eye stare. Him and Mel. Yeah, and Mel's like giving this weird look on his face. So it wasn't that bad. Yeah, let's see. I've got it here. Uh, Vince Vaughn's Libertarian Views, which is like
0: the little subhead. And it, it seems like it's uh, it's like tabloidy, like, oh, listen to how evil this guy is. So it says, uh, actor Vince Vaughn is rarely vocal about politics, but in an interview in 2015, he described himself as a libertarian, saying he liked the principles of forming a government built around the law. Three years earlier, he publicly endorsed Republican Ron Paul in his bid to earn the presidential nomination, which Mitt Romney later won. He once appeared on stage with Paul, but rarely talks about politics, saying he doesn't want to be seen as a political activist. Vaughn has spoken out against gun control and in 2015 insisted guns should be allowed in U.S. schools, saying that banning them is like banishing forks to stop making people fat. However, he does appear to be a supporter of same-sex marriage after he was once quoted as saying that "Quote: Let people decide for themselves who they can marry." End quote. As so they if, don't understand.
2: As if those things can't be like together. Like 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 this yeah. guy doesn't fit in this box we want to put him in. What you get I thought two. he's supposed to fit in this conservative box. Get in there, Vince Vaughn. What is he doing talking about this liberal policy of letting people love who they want to love? What kind of horseshit
1: is this? All genders, two parties.
0: I don't know what that means, but it sounds. Oh cool. no, I just
1: I just meant like you get a. Uh... You know, you can choose all the genders you want, but you only get two options when it comes to LG.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Right, right. True. Yeah. That, that, that is, yeah, that's really good. All right. What other, um, what other notes do we have? We do have a little bit more time. I know there wasn't a, a whole lot going on in this movie. Um, we could talk maybe about the sort of twist at the end. So Vince Vaughn gets offered to get bought out because he, well, I'll back up for a moment. They're playing the dodgeball tournament so that Vince Vaughn can pay off the mortgage because if he doesn't pay off the mortgage, then White Goodman will buy it out from under him because of back taxes and, and something else with the, uh, with the mortgage,
2: right? Like It's all a little bit muddy, but basically,
0: if he doesn't come up with the 50 grand, White's going to buy the
2: thing. Yeah, he's got a big like balloon payment coming, or he's got to pay off a certain amount of his mortgage, and if he doesn't, he goes into default, and it goes up for bid to whoever wants to buy it, and Goodman's got a bid already on the books. Something right. like that, as I understood right. it.
0: And, and after uh, a few rounds of the tournament, the average Joes are actually pretty good because Patches was a half-decent coach if you don't count all the uh, wrenches thrown and the funny one-liners uh, that Rip Torn would throw out there. But uh, then White offers Vaughn $100,000. And in, in, the, in the movie, it seems like it's, I'm offering you $100,000 to either not play or to throw the match. But it's later revealed that no, the $100,000 was to buy the gym outright. And Vaughn had taken that money, and, and after his interaction with, um, what's his bucket, uh, Lance Armstrong, he's like, oh, I'm going to regret not doing this. So he places a bet 50 to 1 on his team to win. So he puts all that hundred grand on the, uh, on the bet for them to win, and they do win. In this very bold strategy, Cotton, they come up with $5 million instead of 50000
2: Right. And so then he takes that money and he supposedly buys controlling stock in Globogen To run that into the ground. To Yes, to run it into the ground with his insane manage
1: management. To re- remove the one motivated manager that they had. <laughs> right. right. The <laughs> one guy that actually cared. <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, it's a system and uh, you know it's not perfect in their code capitalist.
0: now did uh did either of you guys watch through the end credits because there's a little like easter egg type scene at the very end when he's all fat yeah when he's all fat and he's singing the uh milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and he's like playing with his man boobies it's 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 pretty offensive even to a
2: a jaded individual like myself did you feel that he was body shaming oh he was definitely body shaming. oh man ben Stiller, he's a he's a problematic individual what do you think tyler does Ben Stiller uh, pass? I know a lot of people don't like Ben Stiller.
1: You know what? I'm going to say it's really a testament to him in this movie because you know White Goodman, but you don't know Vince Vonsky off the top of your head. He is, he is the more White engaging Goodman. character. It's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, this was this was a high watermark. Yeah, I mean,
2: he's not like a classically trained, like a great actor, but he brings a certain je ne sais quoi to his roles that uh, I can appreciate
1: for sure. Yeah. Um, I do want to note, though, you know, you were talking about how he's that textbook capital. Um, kind of going back to, what said, I think, the Truman Show episode, where uh, sometimes these writers, they shade things a certain way. But as far as how the viewers choose to see it, I mean, that can be an entirely different. I mean, because from what you guys brought up, he is a businessman, regardless of uh, some of the grayer aspects. <laughs> you know, he is motivated. He runs a successful gym.
2: Yeah, he may be a terrible human being, but he yeah. cares about fitness, and that's what that his customers good. seem to care about. So he wants a nice, clean, organized gym. And, and I mean, people. And honestly, which gym would you rather use? I'd rather go to Global Gym. Far and away. I mean, you might find a more relaxed atmosphere at Over at Average Joe's, probably some cooler people, but these people are definitely not people that you want to hang around with if you are into getting fit. Like you might want to go there and meet some friends for sure. But some if you actually are- care about your body and you're like, hey, I have a limited amount of time and I want to get in shape, you're going to go to Global Gym.
1: Yeah, some people go to Planet Fitness. Other people, you know, go to CrossFit gyms.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of an apt comparison
0: because the Global Gym one is like more about motivating you, getting you to uh, actually get some work done. And the other style is like, we are just kind of showing up to say you went to the gym and kind of hang out a little bit. And, oh, yeah, I got a gym membership. But it's more of a social thing.
2: Yeah, which in in a capitalistic world, there's room for all types. I mean, not so much for a guy that doesn't collect gym membership dues but because that, that place is tanking and going out of business tomorrow but and what you cram it up your cram hole there robert
0: maybe i will all right any other notes on this uh i feel like feel like we got a little bit more
1: more we can say some somewhere on this i do want to note um that they did kill that guy at the uh in the bar and nobody did anything so oh the Here's girl the throwing guy. the dodgeball <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and 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 uh, Whiteman or White good, what, good White White Goodman White Goodman shoves that uh, waitress over, and then like Vince Vaughn gets the blame for it. But yeah, killing a guy that's that's totally yeah,
1: wrong. Definitely violates the nap cotton. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gonna need a new pair of shorts. <laughs> but he's definitely out. The guy that got hit in the head. He's, he cannot. Pl-
0: yeah, White he he bumps into a bunch of people, right? Even during the uh, dodgeball tournament,
2: he's like bumped into people in the stands. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that would be paying the dick tax wherever he went. You would not want to be his friend. You would not want to hang out with this guy. Because even if he's not fully violating the nap all the time, he's acting in such a manner as to be repugnant. So, do you, do you think ahead. he can do that because
0: he almost has fuck you money?
2: I, I think he does for the time being, in the time being of this movie. But if he keeps it up, I mean, there's only so much he can take, right? Because you're going to go to Globo Gym and you're going to exercise but if he is you know his personality becomes so ridiculous and you actually interact with him you're probably going to get turned off and you're going to want to go somewhere else so there's it, he only succeeds in as much as he hides himself from his own client i mean although some people may be turned on by that I and mean, they may enjoy a very motivated you know harsh kind of a trainer guy but as you get to know him like the the main female lead in this movie was and anybody else who just is around him for more than five minutes. I think you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't, I mean, I want to get in shape, but I can't support this guy.
1: It is ultimately his downfall too. He does look because he burned so many bridges. Yeah. I mean, Kate's it, only on the team because he fired her. I mean, he got her,
2: yeah, he got her
1: job. Right. taken. Away. Yeah. And the
2: moral of this story, I suppose, if it has one is <laughs> the nice guy ultimately wins because people like you and want to help you as opposed to the dick who only has people around him because he can afford it and
1: ultimately people resent you. So yeah. Yeah. I would go, oh, yeah, I would go with that. I mean, also not even just nice. It's about hard work. Cause in the end, you know, they all do their stuff to become a dog. Yeah.
2: And uh, Vince Vaughn, he ultimately comes through for his friends, despite wanting to quit knowing they're going to lose. Well,
0: all right. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot more on this one. Um, we could talk <laughs> maybe a little about the Justin Long side story where he's got a crush on this girl and the guy that likes that girl makes it so during the tryouts, he has to uh, lift up and do a Liberty stand with this uh, very heavyset girl. So he sets him up to fail and has this very embarrassing situation. Now, I don't know if, if this was because I was watching the uh, unrated cut or, you know, the dirtier cut, but they actually show her with her crotch landing on his face. Oh. I don't know if that was in the, the normal
2: theatrical cut. I but- imagine there was probably something cut because, yeah, I just watched the unrated
1: didn't see it on DirecTV.
2: Oh, okay. uh-huh. there we go. <laughs> yeah, sanitized for your viewing pleasure.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, for your your young delicate eyes. So yeah, the uh, the embarrassing situation is the the very heavy girl falls on his face, and it's a bit of a you know sloppy pussy sloppy pussy situation. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want to say that. but Yeah, <laughs> tough shit. I
2: say things. <laughs> All right, you can reprise the role of Patches O'Houlihan of uh, if they ever make a sequel, Robert. Dude, I everything I say will be looked upon. In like sixty years' time, as like horrific, if not sooner. Oh, it's already it's present day. It's horrific. So yeah. you know, super problematic.
0: We wait, we don't need to wait at all. But I am a hate crime. <laughs> uh, but uh, the uh, Justin Long guy, he ends up helping out the the cheer squad because that that guy that set him up to fail that year before, he ends up getting injured in a freak rollercoasting accident in Las Vegas. And I don't know, like if if this is like a really super relevant thing. But I think it just shows the uh, integrity of the Justin Long character to like want to be helpful and also to impress that girl.
2: Sure. I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot of comments on this. This part of the movie. So if you guys want to run with this one, go for it. There are
1: only a few good background characters that I can think of. I mean, there's Steven Root, but uh, yeah. bride.
0: I thought thought that was good with him uh, getting super
2: angry because his mail order bride who hates him was uh, talking up. Yeah, openly uh getting fresh with all the men around her or whatever it was, some of the
1: dude. Yeah. There's a lot of character growth happening with everybody. I mean, Steve the pirate, no longer a pirate.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh Alan Tudick's character, he was kind of wasted in this movie. Like he's just kind of this comical pirate guy, and then he sort of disappears at the at the uh you know, the climax of the movie, then shows up at the end all dressed normal. And I don't know, the payoff really isn't that great, I think, for his character. Now, was he in there for, you know, Firefly fans and whatnot? Was this supposed to be like an inside joke of some sort with him being a pirate? Because it's kind of lost on me why he was a
1: pirate. I just figure he just, uh, you know, this uh, free free society, he chose to be a pirate. He self-identified as a pirate.
2: Yeah. Who are you to right. tell him you can't do that, Daniel? Come yeah. on, you son of a bitch. What are you, some sort of bigot? Anti-pirate bigot? Are you matey. anti pirate And now I just appropriated. It's
0: anti-piratic. <laughs> I'm appropriating pirate culture. Uh, well, what did you guys think about his, um, Vince Vaughn offering him uh, a five-way split of the, uh, or however
2: many players there were an equal share of the, uh, of the, of the prize? I think it's going to turn into some sort
1: of socialist nightmare
2: if they're all going to buy into the Globo gem and it's going to be some sort of, I don't know, five-way operation.
1: It seems like, you know, I mean, Vince Vaughn probably doesn't even want the full share anyway. His friends were running at the time. So, you know, it's all voluntary. So why not?
2: It's true. It's true. Yeah, it could totally happen. They could be the five board members. I mean, it's it's nice of him. I mean, he, essentially that he's the one that was gambling all the money. But he recognized he recognized that, you know, he wouldn't have done it without them. Wouldn't have happened.
0: I find it surprising that they would have been such underdogs in that final match with how well they had played in the prior matches. Don't you think that the Las Vegas books bookies would have been um, far more, uh, I don't know, closer into relation to, you know, how uh, the probability of them actually winning
1: they wheel the money out right after the tournament like yeah like you got
2: the (laughs) you got the payout like right away (laughs) those bookies are the best bookies of all time here you go as soon as it happens i got the money right for you in a custom
0: pirate uh pirate Pirate
2: chest chest. yeah that's
0: that that pirate chest it it said something on it um it was like some greek or uh some latin phrase did you guys catch that
2: yeah
0: oh man
1: now i'm gonna have to look at it you you catching details you know, I, I recommended the movie and you you went all the way in on
2: daniel's like pausing it and getting at the magnifying glass <laughs> all right well, you guys talk amongst yourselves for a moment i'm gonna try to find it uh-huh good get- luck with that good luck trying to find that on the internet i'm getting verk- you no know, dodgeball Google. pirate chest yeah the Google latin phrase
1: I'm, I'm sure you're gonna get a lot of results on that one yeah i definitely you know i just want to bring up that uh this was not my uh my hill to die on you know by analyzing the anarcho-capitalist society of dodgeball but uh, i just want to <laughs> note that you can apply this model of thinking to pretty much every movie you know i think we oh man we appreciate that thank you yeah we, we always seem to
2: find something to talk yeah. about for sure if we can apply some kind of economics even if it's in a completely
1: you know made-up world yeah i mean because what is i mean no movie is art and art is manifest in reality so
2: so what are some of your other uh films while daniel what are your what are, what are some of your favorite films
1: Favorite films? Uh I've been watching a lot of movies. I mean, for what they they play out here. Um, but uh, you know, I'm a real big fan of Edgar Wright. Like a lot of Edgar Wright films. Um, nice. But we've
2: uh, done, we've done. Uh, yeah, a couple of Edgar Wrights.
1: Yeah. Um. And uh. And I don't know. I've not a
2: while. But you're just too busy getting getting work done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Staring nice. One screen. Make that money. Listening
1: to podcasts.
2: <laughs> well, someone's got to do it. Yeah. All right. I have an answer. By do the way. you? I do. Didn't. You. What is your phrase, sir? The
0: treasure chest says Deus ex machina.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's uh. Well, that makes almost zero sense. I guess no, because it's you know it's the the god in the machine. You know the money, like the whole circumstances is, is absurd. You know that that they're uh they're given a hundred thousand dollars and that they bet it fifty to one and they get the money. It's it's the Deus ex machina of the film.
2: But the Deus ex machina usually refers to some kind of external force coming outside. You know, outside of the protagonist coming in and saving the day.
1: Oh, yeah. He's making it, but...
0: Well, according to my googly search, it says it's a plot device whereby a seemingly unsolvable problem in a story is suddenly and abruptly resolved by an unexpected and seemingly unlikely occurrence, typically so much as to seem contrived. So kind of,
2: yeah. I mean, I I think that goes along with your 50 to 1 kind of thing. And all of a sudden, the bookie's paying
1: out instantly. Just enough for 51 shares of Gym. Boom.
2: Yeah, 51%. It's
0: all it takes. 51%. Yeah, yeah, 51%. (laughs) And then they fire... They fire White, which I think is a huge mistake. I mean, White was running that thing pretty well. Even if he inherited the money from his parents, he didn't inherit, you know, the like what it was worth today. He inherited,
2: you know, some seed money to get it started. And then he ran it well. He's clearly a driven individual, even if it was driven by a fear of being fat.
1: It's a big drive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, hatred of your own body that can, that can push people to do great things. I remember he
0: had the, uh, the electrodes on his nipples, and he was trying to like associate donuts
2: with getting shocked in the nipples to sort of make this... Uh, That's intense, man. That's intense correlational therapy right there. Yeah, you know, like a just... shock therapy, <laughs> like a shock collar, like a dog. Yeah, yeah, he's it's... intense, man. He's driven, dedicated. He just had to, he'd had to put points in his uh, personality profile when he was leveling up. That's all he forgot to do. He's putting it all into strength and business. All right, I agree. So I, I don't really have much more to say. So what
0: do you guys think about getting into the final summaries and reviews? Okay, as long as I can go first. You
2: can go first. And then Tyler, uh, feel free to emulate. Oh, no, do it way better than me. I just spit out like a bunch of crap and then throw out a number. Um, so I think you got to judge this movie on, I mean, as we are watching it today, as anyone can do it now, if the comedy still holds up. And there are a lot of comedies that don't. A lot of comedies where you watch the the humor and you're just groaning these days. I don't know if the comedy gets stale. You know, what? But this movie made me laugh multiple times. And even when it wasn't making me laugh, it was making me smile with its charm. Um, Vince Vaughn is a charming actor. You just like him. And it has nothing to do with his politics. I just... He's just got one of those personalities that is very affable and works well on screen. And a lot of the other characters in this film are the same way. Um, So... And even when you're hating him, Ben Stiller is compelling. So I really enjoyed his character, too. Um, the plot is a bit basic, but you don't really go in caring so much about the plot. The plot just serves as a device for the comedy. It's just the skeleton on which you build comedic scenes and you're, you know, as you're working on that treadmill. So this is a, a really fun movie for me. I appreciate the lines that have lived on, and this gets a, this gets a 7.4, which is a high mark. For this comedy it's a comedy it's not supposed to be like a fantastic amazing film but it's uh it does it achieves what it tries to do. which is make money which is what it did so tyler your final summary and
0: review
1: uh yeah i mean i, I agree with robert you know it's you got to look at it for what it, i hate that we have to do that that we have to consider the the political climate it's a movie now but uh you know even still it it ages well the characters are each one of them has their own little mannerisms that are funny and uh yeah i'm not not too big on vince vaughn but i think this was a uh, his big time with uh, Ben Stiller. You know, I think this one of his better roles. Uh, you know, the jokes, the jokes. Yeah, you're right. They stand, even if I don't remember the, the plot that much. But uh, I think it's a testament to why Google has such a high rating for it, even though it's it's not rated great overall as a film, because you'll leave it and uh, you'll laugh. You'll laugh the entire time. So as far as score, um, yeah, I'm going to go seven, seven out of 10.
0: Wow. All right. Two guys with uh, pretty, pretty high praise. I hope it didn't <laughs> offend anyone calling you guys. Uh, so... Dodgeball for me, I do have fond memories of watching this in the theater. Uh, It was one of the first times I put my arm around a girl. So that was fun. Um, I ended up joining a dodgeball league as a result of this film. And it's, you know, the the plot conveniences are are pretty much made clear. And and now that we know what the what the treasure chest said at the end, it um, actually makes it rather funny that they throw that in there. Um, But overall, I don't think it's a it's a it's a good movie in the wider aspect, you know, like the story isn't great. Uh, the acting isn't particularly great, but the sum of the parts like, well, the parts not summed are better for me. Like the little very offensive things that Rip Torn would say. I think those were the standout, um, laugh out loud type moments. And the uh, Jason Bateman and his color commentary with um, Gary Cole, I think was the other, was the other commentator. Uh, their, their bits were really funny. I, I enjoy the gifts that we find in uh, Facebook and Twitter these days, but the movie, just in general, not so great. Uh, the cameos were good. We had Shatner, we had Armstrong, uh, Chuck Norris. Was there anyone else
2: in there, Robert? That you that you recall? Um, not that I recall. No, that sounds about right.
0: Okay. Well, at least four or five different little cameos that were kind of fun. And then, of course, Patches O'Houlihan dies as a result of an Irish bar sign falling on him. Randomly, so you know, kind of fun, I guess. But uh, like I said, overall, not not like a complete film, not a great film, though. They did make money and they did entertain. And Vince Vaughn is a charming and affable guy. I think that that's kind of his shtick ever since um, Swingers. And then they did in the somewhat sequel to that in the movie called Made. He's sort of the opposite, where it's uh, he dials that up to eleven just to become increasingly annoying. And so, but otherwise, it's you know, Vince Vaughn is kind of the same in every movie. The Cell Block 99 that we mentioned earlier, um, I did watch that about a year ago, and it is kind of an interesting and fun movie. So maybe that can be one that we do in the future, Robert. But maybe. Maybe. And my score on this will be a 6, a 6.0. So I'll be the low low ball on this one as we went balls deep into dodgeball on this episode of The Last Nighters, which is episode 67 of the show. You can find the show notes and more at lastnighters.com slash 67. What we're going to do next... And because Easter's is uh, going to be the next week, that show is going to be on the Passion of the Christ. And we're going to introduce or uh, a special guest, the Anarcho-Christian, for that one. So that should be a fair amount of fun uh, to watch a very long movie that I believe the last half an hour of it is just uh, the character of Jesus being tortured. So, yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've seen that film. Uh, I don't know if it's Mel Gibson's greatest film. I am more of a preference for like Apocalypto, which isn't a flawless film either, but I really do appreciate that one. But yeah, this was kind of an iconic milestone kind of a movie. It was a big deal at the time. It made a lot of money. I think it was the highest grossing R-rated movie for a very long time. I remember when it came out, it was rather controversial and
0: I never did go and see it. So I will be watching it for the very first time in preparation
1: for our show next week. Okay, well, that's exciting. Is it one of those where you have to read the book before you watch the movie? Yeah,
2: (laughs) hundred percent. Do your homework. (laughs) We got
0: to match it up to the source material. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we've got that kind of time. Uh, I think on our previous show, which was um, the Truman Show, we talked about some of the ways that you can help us out here, uh, even if it's not monetarily on our Patreon. And the biggest thing is giving us reviews on iTunes, either on the uh, uh, or. Subscribe on, on YouTube or iTunes and give us a review. We, we actually have received in the past week or so um, at least two or three new reviews. So that's very helpful. That's going to help us get more exposure and uh, be uh, more, more highly recommended to other potential listeners. So we do appreciate that. And uh, any final words, Tyler, before we say goodnight for the Last Nighter Show?
1: Uh, no. No, I think we got it. I think we've we've delved far deeper into dodgeball most people.
0: All right. Well, uh, Robert, any final words before we say goodnight?
2: No, we've gone far more than any sane person should ever talking about this movie. So let's move it along. All right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Last Nighters. Show notes more
0: lastnighters.com/67. You can also find it at thelaunchpadmedia.com. Good night from Last Night.